All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Humble and Hungry podcast with DaVinci Jordan, as always, your host, Brandon. But gentlemen, we're here. We've got another episode, DaVinci, um, a, a different angle that we're taking with us. I'm really excited. Yeah. Another athlete you've known for quite a while, uh, Roots in Minnesota. Who are we going to talk to today? We're going to talk to the great Nia Coffey. Um, she's an athlete I met a couple years ago. Um, I didn't train her for a long time due to COVID, but we've kind of grown to have a kind of a big brother, little sister relationship, and we talk quite often. Um, she's an ex exceptional person, but an even better athlete. So I wanted to bring her on because um, she's been an athlete for a long time. She plays at the highest level, and I just wanted to give a different perspective. I think we talk to a lot of men, but now – you know, I want women to know also that they have the ability to make it as far as they want to go. That's right. And also, you know, being silly, when we say athletes, it's not just men, Nia. You got a bunch of women out there balling <laughs> as well. You play in the WNBA. We're super excited to have you on. Uh, you know, our first female athlete, but I promise, first of many. All right. I love and it. I'm working on Paige right now, so. There you go. Yep. And she's... Look, she's on a different level. So yeah, she is. She's next. It was funny because I I was texting back and forth with her. I'm like, I've known you were Paige before. You knew you were Paige, and she's like, What do you mean? I'm like, You've been exceptional since the first time I met you in eighth grade. So, um, but yeah, but um, enough about her, and let's talk about you. So, tell us about you, Nia. You know where you're from, and give me a little bit of backstory about you. All right. Well, I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I went to, I was in the Hopkins district. So I ended up going to Hopkins um, for high school and I'm a middle child. There's three of us. I have an older sister, Sydney Coffee, and a younger brother, Amir Coffee, And we all kind of fell into basketball, but you know, we played at so many different sports growing up, but we kind of fell into basketball because I feel like that was what my dad knew the best because he played and he could train us. And he saw that we had um, natural and athletic abilities when we were younger. So we kind of just fell into that lifestyle and here I am today. So, so if you can go back in time, would you play any other sport? Would it be basketball still? Um, I would go to, into tennis. Really? Yes. Is it because of the money wise or you enjoy the sport? Well, so we, we played a little bit of tennis when we were younger, but I mean, as a child, like, you just want to have fun. You don't really want, you don't know about hard work and whatever, right. you know, that involves, but tennis is one of the sports that is actually equal with men. Um, when it comes to, you know, monetary, um, status and as well as a lot of other things. So that is a big thing. And then also I feel like I actually do have similar body types for that. And I just feel like I, I would be interested to see, you know, how that would have went if I chose tennis. So that's why I say that. So I know your sister really well, Sydney. Mm -hmm. I don't really know your brother too well. I haven't had a chance to train him. But like all of you, all of you guys that play at, at a very high level, you all got school to pay for. So mm -hmm. like growing up, was the household ultra competitive where you're like, hey, I got this many letters versus you. Um, I'm going here. Were you guys like really supportive of each other? I don't think we were competitive in the sense of like, oh, I have more offers. I have more letters. It was more like you can't guard me type situation. But we were very <laughs> excited and happy for whenever someone got an offer or they played well, just stuff like that. But I mean, um, 
growing up, I mean, we rarely saw a mirror play because we were playing at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, no, it, we were just excited and happy for one another. So, yeah. I love how the home court was the most competitive court. Yeah. You're like, hey, <laughs> in your high school, your travel tournament, like, I got you. Uh, but you come to my court, you know, out front in the driveway. Like, we have words. <laughs> right. It's different. Yep, that's where it all starts. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> when did you figure out that basketball was your thing? How did you, like, when, when did it, you know, being, in, being younger, doing other sports, you know, when did you know that it was like, yeah, I got a chance. I, gotta, I could go to school for this. Um, when I say this, I really don't mean to sound conceited or anything, but when I started, even though I was really bad, I just was faster and stronger. So I always knew I was, you know, all right. But when I found out that I was pretty good was, um, during AAU, I think like my eighth grade, ninth grade year, I started getting offers and these, a lot of colleges came to see me and I'm like, oh, well, I think I'll have an opportunity to go to the next level and just seeing all the gyms coming to a gym for me, like seeing all these coaches just being at my games and I'm like, okay, there's something here, still figuring out what it is, but there's something here. So I kind of knew like middle school, beginning of high school that I, I had a good shot of being able to go to certain schools, um, that I didn't really think of when I was younger. So did your dad coach you in AAU also? Um, I think he coached me up until middle school. Okay. And then he started doing stuff for Minnesota Select for uh, Amir and the boys' side. So I think he coached me for a little bit, but he was always my trainer <laughs> at the end of the day, my coach, like somehow at the end of the day. So, so what, what was that like? You know, he's dad, he's coach, he's... Like, honestly, I, I thinking back on it, I feel bad because, you know, when you're a kid, you really don't understand. Right. Like he had my parents had three kids two years apart. That is a lot of college money. OK, so the goal was to get us to college debt free. Um, and I'm super thankful for that. But he saw like they saw our talent at such a young age and we didn't even know we had mm-hmm. no idea. So he would try to get us in the gym as much as possible. Like, you're not going to drag your kid if they're going to, like, go half speed. Like, he's not – like, you're not going to do that. So he had a very fine line of trying to be coach, trying to push us, but then also just being dad and mm-hmm. listening to us and, like, respecting our boundaries. But looking back at it, I, I would have had myself in the gym way more because I had so much work to do that I didn't even realize that I needed. But, you know, thank goodness, you know, God made a way um, – we saw a great relationship because I know some parents have a hard time of knowing when to stop, knowing when just to be a parent uh-huh. and knowing when to be a coach. And like he, my parents did the best they could. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Nice. So speeding up, you, you go to Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Um, what two part question. Why did you choose okay. Northwestern? And second question is when you got to college, was it harder for you or did it click yeah. right away? Okay, so my top three schools were Stanford, Duke, and Northwestern. I was really interested um, in Duke and Stanford, obviously, because like they're great schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was in my junior year, and I was so sick at the recruiting process. I didn't want to go on off, um, official visits, all that stuff. It was a lot. So um, the reason why I didn't choose Duke is because my dad's old coach was on the women's basketball 
um, staff there. And I thought they were doing me a favor and I didn't want any handouts. So I was like, mm-hmm. too close. I'm not sure. So I said no. And then by the time I went to Northwest, I went to Northwestern before I even thought about going to Stanford. And I just was like, this is it. So I didn't even go to Stanford. So I was like, let's just do Northwestern. This is it. I get to Northwestern um, my freshman year. Basketball clicked right away. I remember my first practice and I knew I was, it was, I did really well. And then now on school, that was different. I, let's be honest, I didn't really have to study in high school. It kind of just came easy to me, whatever. In college, that was not the case. I had to learn to study. I had Mm -hmm. to learn these subjects that I wasn't really prepared for. And so getting the school part was um, a transition, but like everything else kind of came. And then like time management, like in high school, I wait to the last second to get something done, get an A. So I'm like, okay, I could do that, but not (laughs) absolutely not in college for me. So that was a learning curve. But once I got it, it was, it was cool. So how did you know, okay, you're in college now, you're balling, you're playing. How did you find out, like, how did you know that you're getting the opportunity to go to the WNBA? Yeah. Um, the goal was not to play professionally. It was just to go to college, but I started, I did really well in the Big Ten. And when I was in school, the Big Ten was really good. Always had at least six or seven teams ranked in the nation, uh, top players, like, in the Big Ten. So I, even though, like, our record wasn't the best, but I was able to compete at that level. I knew I was pretty good. And then it wasn't until my junior year, people started talking about like next year's draft, like, and just my body type and like my speed and agility and like the different things that I can do. Um, and then seeing how highly people thought I was going to be going in the draft. And I was starting to think, wow, okay, the WNBA might be on the table. And then I started to realize, you know, I wasn't done yet with basketball. I was still kind of hungry and I knew it was still the beginning stages and I wasn't even close Mm -hmm. to the player that I could be. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll start thinking about this. And then senior year came and then it came quickly. So, yeah. So tell me about draft night. You're getting, you're getting, you got an agent and you know, yes. Talking to teams probably at that point, right? right? You got the feelers out. Yeah. Speed dating. Right. Yeah. Speed dating. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So after I believe after your basketball season is over in college, that's when you can start to pick an agent. I found my agent, love him, still have him. Um, and then like when you're projected to go in the top round, you the, the teams that are interested in you, they call you just to see like what type of person they're going to they're getting you know, before they actually draft you. Um, so you I don't, the so then you don't do like the combine thing like the guys do. They don't do that for the WNBA. Yeah. No, we don't even have time to do that because after our season is over, like the draft happens a month later. So wow. a lot of girls are like finishing school and a lot of girls who get drafted don't even finish school. Um, they have to finish like next year or like in the summer or like on class on- online. Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully, Northwestern, you know, they kind of knew that I had an opportunity to go and we're on the quarter system. So they, I did extra classes in the summer. And I think a couple in my senior, like fall quarter that I actually graduated early. So once I was done with basketball, I was done with school. And a month later, you know, I was able to go without having to worry about school. But, um, so I talked to a couple of teams, got a couple of feelers. Um, the draft was actually New York. So I flew up to New York with uh, one of my friends and my mom and my, my dad came and then two of my coaches from Northwestern 
and um, draft night, you're just like sitting around waiting, looking at everyone. <laughs> and they only choose about like 12 girls to go to the draft because it's only 12 per round and there's three right. rounds. So if you are invited to draft, you're thinking you're going first round. So, you know, they start saying names. You kind of know who's going number one, who's number two. But then the third pick of the draft was someone that wasn't in the room. So that automatically knows that someone in the room isn't going first round. And you that's when you like realize, okay, this is real life. Right. You know, you think you you thought you you knew what was gonna happen, but you don't. So then like your heart starts beating, you start sweating a little bit. <laughs> but um I ended up going fifth and that I didn't even that was higher than what I would ever think and i didn't even know what it meant to go that high but yeah. now that i realize i'm like that's wow um and it happens so fast you get picked you're on camera then your team calls you then they're like we'll see you next week and then you got to think about packing and celebrating all the stuff it's like it's a lot but um it, it's a surreal experience so yeah so let's let's go back because you're you want you're one of the most well-rounded athletes that i know how did you become that way? Like mentally, you're always just focused. Um, you, 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 you have really good common sense and you put things mm -hmm. into perspective really well. And you're still young. Like, mm -hmm. where did that come? Have you always been like that? Like, where did that come about? Um, that is a good question. Um, I feel like the common sense thing kind of came naturally. Thank goodness. <laughs> but I wasn't always able to put things into perspective just because like, Growing up, I kind of put my mind to things and I was just able to do them. So I thought, okay, that's life. But then when I got to college, I was like, no, honey, that is not what it is. So I had to kind of like relearn, like to take situations for what they are, stop projecting onto the future, stop being upset when like you don't meet certain expectations. Like it's okay. Like the journey of life is not like this linear line. It's like, you're going circles, you're going backwards, you're going up, you're going down. Like, mm -hmm. and as soon as I realized that I gave myself more patience and grace to like allow myself to first be a beginner at things, get better at things to fail, to continue to get better. And then mm -hmm. also just, just to relax. Like God's never going to fail me. Mm -hmm. I might stumble, but he's always going to be there to catch me. And I just have to remember that. Like when I try to, control things or have these expectations mm -hmm. or try to get somewhere really fast. I'm like, look, when you plant something, you don't get it the next day. Like it takes time. Just be patient. Like it's always going to work out. You just have to focus on what you're trying to do and do everything you can to move you forward. If I'm going to do right. so, if I say like, okay, I want to be a great basketball player. I'm not going to like neglect my diet, my sleep, my training, because then I'm just being a hypocrite. I'm not really, putting my actions into what I'm saying I'm going to do. So I just really focus on being authentic and being true. Like if I really want something, I'm going to really do the things I need to do to get there. Even if I, it only takes me 1% each day to get there, but I'm eventually going to get there. Right. Let's, so let's talk about some setbacks, right? In life, like mm. you've had some injuries. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure you have some moments where you question your ability. If I can continue playing anymore, like, and we both know we're both Christians where mm -hmm. we've had conversations just about um, kind of humbling ourselves even more and being OK with whatever happens, whatever the outcome is. Right. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. All right. Um, I'm going to go over like my career in the WBA because it's been 
a lot, but I am actually appreciative of it now. So um, I didn't really have an identity of who I was coming out of college. So I listened to what other people had to say. And I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. So got drafted number five. People are super excited. I have a great training camp. Um, people are like, oh my gosh, we're excited to see what you're going to do, blah, blah, blah. I didn't play a lick. <laughs> I didn't play at all. And that was like a first time that's kind of happened. I was like, okay. So didn't really know how to handle that. So I'm like, all right, let's just try to survive this rookie year. Right. Um, go overseas, come back. The team moves to Vegas. Different, different setting, bigger gym, but more lights, more attention. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to give it all I got. I have another great training camp. Bill Lambier is my coach. He's saying all these great things about me. So I'm like, I'm just eating it up because like, I'm still trying to figure out who I am. So I'm listening to other people. Start, have my first game playing great. Second game, third game, I'm playing great. Then uh, one of the games, I twist my ankle. And so I'm out for two weeks. All the compliments, all the things people are saying that was good about me just stops because I'm obviously injured. So I'm like, whoa. So I'm feeling like, as soon as I'm not playing, I'm not worth anything. So I was trying to mentally go through that. Well, okay, I need to hurry up and get back on the court so that I can like get this, you know, reassurance from people back. So I come back, first game back, I injured myself again, but I didn't tell anyone this time. I didn't tell anyone. It was my left wrist and I'm a left-handed player. I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want to be injured again. I didn't want mm-hmm. people to like not be talking about me. And I didn't realize at the time how detrimental that was. So I'm playing through an injury, playing terrible, playing out of my mind, like trying to do it, tape it, trying to like do all this stuff so that I could play while well. I'm playing terrible. I'm losing my mind. I'm going crazy. And I'm like, what is going on? Like mm-hmm. it happened so quickly. I came, I was high so quick. And then I fall so quick. So then I kind of went, like I ran away from God. I'm like, God, why are you doing this to me? Ran away from him. I had a terrible summer. Go overseas get back to him. I'm like, okay, it's all about you. I'm ready. I'm not going to let anything stop me. Then I get traded and I'm like, wait, what is, this isn't what it's supposed to be. Like I'm on three different teams. It's my third year. I'm like, everyone's saying all these good things. Like I'm so great for whatever team I'm on, but I, I can't stick on a team. So I'm like, okay, we're going to Atlanta. I have a great training camp. I start off strong. And then happens again i'm just not performing i'm like what is going on um so this cycle continues until last year we go to the bubble there's so much uncertainty in the world with covid and like am i gonna have a job like what is this gonna look like and i got to one of my lowest points and i'm like okay i'm at i'm in this i'm in this storm and the last storm i was in i ran away from god but i'm like how what am i gonna do now is my foundation really on christ like, how am I going to fight through mm-hmm. with him now? So finally, I was like, you know what? I can't do it on my own strength. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to God. Even how terrible it feels, how it looks, I'm going to be in my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to focus mm-hmm. on you. I don't know how I got through this, but God did. Mm-hmm. Um, he got me through that bubble. It was really hard mentally. And I'm like, okay, I remember calling you. I was going yeah, overseas I remember again. I was, I was like, just about to bring that up. Like, I don't know, like, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. Mm-hmm. And it was so simple. And I don't know why, but the words you said, you like, you said, Mia, you keep saying you're trying, you're trying, just give it to him, submit. And I'm like, it's not like I haven't heard that before, but when you said it, it just clicked because I'm always trying to do things. I always feel like I have to, it's me, I'm in control. So when you said that, literally, 
was like, okay, I let it go. Literally a couple days later, I got a great offer overseas. I got signed to a WNBA team. All these things happened. So I was like, okay, this is a lot. Cause I was telling you before, like I was thinking about quitting the league because mm-hmm. I've been on four teams yep. in four years. And I'm like, that's not how it's supposed to go. Right. So then um, going into this um, season this year, yeah. no one knows that I was going to quit maybe a few people. Um, but I'm like, you know what, God, if you are going to give me an opportunity, I will go. Mm. So I had two opportunities to go somewhere. And so I chose LA. I was like, you know what? Let your will be done. I don't care about stats. I don't care about Mm -hmm. what people say about me, good or bad. Mm -hmm. I'm going to focus on what you say about me. You're telling me just to be me. Mm -hmm. And that's all I need. Okay. I have a great training camp. And I'm having one of the best years individually just because I'm not trying to do it on my own. I'm not caring about stats. I'm not caring about my positioning. I'm not caring about what people say. I'm like literally focusing on being present, being myself, and just Mm -hmm. focus on what God needs for me today instead of trying to focus on what happened in the past or what happened in the future. Like I always have enough. He's always here. And I don't care about I've been on five teams in five years. Well, you know what? I've been on five teams. I've made five teams. And that's hard. Right. fixing my perspective instead of being negative into positive and on all those teams except for my rookie year I have started on those teams but I'm like I'm not going to look at the negative and and discount what I have done because God has been gracious enough to allow me these opportunities I'm Mm -hmm. like take it day by day and focus on him so You, you know the most amazing thing that you're saying right now is that you had to get it out of your own way right and you and before basketball was your source, the yes. people that were talking to you were your source. And yep. God is saying, where do I fit in? Like, where am I at? Yeah. Like, 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 hello, have I not gotten you here? Do I not wake you up in the morning? Have I not put that inside yeah. of you? And so yeah. there's a saying that I always use. It's going from a victim to a vessel, right? And so yep. you were internalizing so many different things that you were going through where it was causing you to be negative. And so... Yeah. God had to rehumble you, bring you back all the way down to build you back up again. 100%. You know, so, yes. and that's why it's so important for athletes because we make the sport that we're playing our source instead yeah. of making God our source. Even, even like for me in the training, and we've talked about this, is, you know, I'm stuck in this little facility. I've had bigger things before, and I'm, I know I'm a, a good enough trainer, right? And, and I'm like, mm-hmm. You know, when we were training, COVID hits, and I'm like, I've always talked to you about my what I wanted to do. Like, I, I feel like I should be here. I want to be here. You know, I want to be there. But God is like, I need you to learn some things first before yes. I give wow. you these other things. Right? Wow. Yes. And Absolutely. Right after COVID, I, I remember telling you about, man, Lifetime came to me. I don't know. Like, things start seeming so surreal. But yes. we're, we're at where we're supposed to be at in life, right? 100%. And um what I like about what you're doing now is you're walking in your purpose and you're not afraid to talk about what you've been through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. so amazing. Even your sister, you know, with basketball and COVID and her deciding not to go back and her making a big decision to just get a job. You know, that had to be a hard decision, you know, but for sure, I'm so proud of where you guys are going. I think it's super interesting too, Nia. Like when we talk about all these things, right. And getting out of your own way and, and, and like humbling yourself. Uh, you know, we do as athletes get in the habit of 
chasing the stat line, mm-hmm. chasing the, the depth chart ranking, yep. right? All yeah. these things. Do you feel like because you kind of humbled yourself and and kind of become at peace with yourself that you play differently? Are you less worried about the number of points and rebounds and assists you get at night? And you're sitting here going, hey, how can I be the best version of myself out on the court tonight? Do you feel like that's a change you've mm. seen? Um, thinking in the past, like, yes. So I would compare, you know how, like, um, during the game, they'll have the screen and sometimes every screen is different. They'll have the player, the points, the rebound, the assist. Sometimes you won't have any of that. So, but a lot of the new facilities, they do have that. So, um, I would compare like, okay, minutes, shots, makes all that stuff. And I'm like, every journey is so different. Every situation is so different. You literally cannot compare you can't. So now I can have a good game. I can have a great game and mm-hmm. have zero points, couple rebounds, but I locked down a defender. I, I brought the energy. There's like intangible things that don't even show up on the stat line, like the energy, the communication, like I can have a great game and not have anything on the stat line, but then I could have to me what feels like a bad game, but I can have 15 points, a couple rebounds, blah, blah, blah. But I don't feel as good Mm-hmm. after the game and i'm like okay so it's clearly not about numbers for me what is it okay was i communicating was i there for my team was i positive did i try my best mm-hmm. if i tried my best and if i gave all the effort and i didn't let anything hold me back or if i didn't feed into anything negative that's all that i can honestly do because mm-hmm. sometimes shots don't go in they don't but there's so many other things that's what i love about basketball there are so many other ways to influence the game than just, just points. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like sometimes you feed into like, Oh, my stats. No, you got to fight that. Like, it's not, I don't think about that ever. It's just, I got to fight that. And I'm like, okay, what are you doing right now to help your team? That's kind of how I get back into it. Like, how can I help my teammate? If I see my teammate low, I'm going to pick her up. I'm going to set the screen for her. I'm going to get her open so she can get a bucket so she can, you know, that's how I'm thinking. It's not about me. It's not. It's about a team. That's what I really enjoy about basketball is like at the end of the day, if if I'm not good for me, it doesn't matter. I have to be good for the team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that helps me keep a perspective and a focus. So let's talk a little bit about injuries. Do you feel like real quick for you, do, then I'm going to reset the hey, camera. I'm going to reset the camera. Hold on one second. OK. Good job, Brandon. Oh, I don't think I ever shared this with you, but remember when I was in your studio yeah. and my agent called and mm-hmm. he had uh, um, uh, a contract from France Yeah, and I told you it was the biggest contract that yep. I ever signed Yeah, and I was excited about it, right? Yeah. Well, following, went to the bubble that same year um, and we went into the playoffs. I was injured and I was supposed to go to France like 10 days after the bubble, but I couldn't because I was injured. Yeah. Honestly, I think God did that on purpose. He took away that that contract for me because uh-huh. he knew if I got that money, I would not play in the WBA that summer. Yeah, you were telling me I that. I would need to. He did that on purpose. I knew he did. He had to. <laughs> he knew it. He so, knew I wouldn't go. So let's talk about. I'm. A, I'm. A, okay. Training. I oh, didn't. Sorry. We, we I didn't train you for a long time. Um, but talk a little bit about working with us at game face and training with us and you know you yeah. train with some other places and what you felt like was good what was different with us and 
being around us and in our environment? So like growing up, like it was mainly just like basketball training. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't really train, you know, and then it wasn't until high school. Um, we started training, um, his name is Tony. So he would come to our high school. We do weights, agility. And that was like my first time doing any of that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is not it. I'm not a fan, blah, blah, blah. And then I get to college and then they just like pack on the pounds with the lifting and we're running miles. We're running sprints. So I'm like, training is not it. I'm not a fan. I had terrible tendonitis in college. And I'm like, what is this from? As soon as I graduate from college and go through do the WNBA and like, training is totally different in the league. My 10 and nine goes away. So I'm thinking training is terrible. I don't want to do training. I don't want to lift. I don't want to do agility. None of that. Cause it's been nothing but negative for me. So then I get injured. I'm in Turkey. I sprained my ankle really bad. Um, come home early, actually worked out because then COVID happened and I'm training with you and you're just changing my perspective on what training is and how it can be and what it can do for your body. Cause I'm thinking, I don't want to do heavy weight. I don't want to do a lot of running. I don't want to do this and that. It's like, no, it's not about that. It's about doing what's best for your body, about mm -hmm. strengthening your body so you don't get these injuries. Mm -hmm. Train your body so you're not just like, you're just even all the way around so you have strength and you're not working on like overloading or any of this other yeah. stuff. And like, I actually enjoyed training with you and i'm like wait this is the first like <laughs> yeah that's why we gotta get to atlanta that's what i've been telling lifetime we gotta get to Atlanta. i know yeah and just the things that we were working on uh footwork agility the ladders like mm -hmm. all the different movements and like even when we did lift weight like it was what my body needed mm -hmm. and you it wasn't just like this cookie cutter thing like you gave me what i needed for right. me in my sport you gave me what Cindy needed for her body like so I'm like, wow, I actually felt great. Mm -hmm. I felt good. I was coming off an injury. I started to get in the gym and it was a lot easier coming back from that injury mm -hmm. because I was training with you. And I'm like, it's a whole new world. I, I get it now. So, but it's hard though, because I play year round. Right. Yeah. So having that time with you, honestly, it was, it wasn't just, I don't think it was just for my body. I think it was for my spirit too. Mm -hmm. I needed some time and I needed to be around the right people because mm -hmm. I mean, it was just, it was a hard time. It was my first time being out in a while. Right. No, it was, it was yeah. good for you. You coming in, you could tell that you were a little broken. Right. And I think a lot of it was this stabilization, getting you to understand what your body was trying to do versus what yeah. you wanted to do and what you could do. Um, and making you understand the angles that you should be taking. You know, um, I think that's the difference between a lot of performance coaches is that they tend to put you inside of a box instead of saying, hey, here's our here's our platform. Let's work inside this platform. Right. You know, I think you should be here, but let's really see if you can fit here versus me mm -hmm. trying to put you inside of something that doesn't fit for you. And yeah. and once we started doing that, we just gave you the proper progressions and you just started killing it. You started excelling. And then COVID hit. I'm like, man, you know, we were just getting where we needed to be, right? So, yeah. but now you have a good base and you understand what you need to do. And yeah. um, eventually in the future, again, we'll be working together again soon. But, you know, and that's why I encourage so many different performance coaches is that if you're a young performance coach, get with somebody who's been doing this for a long time that has a set curriculum in place, a system to help you out. Because like, 
so many people get stuck in all these different online programs. It doesn't make sense. And they try to put a basketball player in a football program, you know, and it just doesn't work. You know, Brandon? Yes. So we've learned. Absolutely. I mean, I've yet to see the whistle and get on the line attitude from you with this group yet. (laughs) You know, we've all seen done the killers. Yeah. Free throw back, half back. Anyways, we don't need to get into that. I'm sure that brings back some terrible memories. But uh, it's good. It's good just to hear again, like the the impact, because normally, actually, the athletes we've talked to a lot of times, Nia, they thought it was just a part of their training. They're like, it's not negotiable. Like, I need to be training speed and agility, strength, as much as I am on the field or the court. So I think it's really interesting to hear from your perspective is that you're almost coming to the game late because you did have, you know, mixed experiences throughout the process. And yet the time that you found it to be most valuable when you was probably most broken, which usually you only think of performance training is like making gains, getting faster, getting stronger. You're like, no, no, I just need to get back to ground level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Get me back yeah. to even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think. And another thing. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. One more thing. The other thing that I feel like that I gained from working with you is now I have a standard and I know what it should be like. So when I go to different places or work with other people, uh-huh. I know right away, like, absolutely not redo it, <laughs> figure it out. This is not what is for me. So and I can hear you saying that too. Know. I can hear you saying it <laughs> yeah. with that face and you would tell them right in front of their face. That's one thing about you. You are so blunt. Like, no, no, I'm not doing that. Nope. 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 I'm gone. But now I understand what it should be like now. Cause yeah. before I would just assume that people would knew, know what they're doing and like, okay, blind trust. No, absolutely not. I'm, I'm five years into my career. I know now what I need in that area and I'm not taking anything less. Yeah. I appreciate so that. Thank, thank you. you. That's to you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. No, I appreciate it. So talk to me about let's, 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 what would you say to a young lady sitting at home that wants to play basketball, that wants to be mm-hmm. like you, they watch you on TV. They, they, they don't, but they don't understand the countless hours you put into your craft. Like, what would right. you tell, what would you tell her? Um, first of all, if you're really serious about playing this game again to this level, it's going to take a lot of hard work, sacrifice and discipline. Like even on the days when you don't want to do anything, you got, you have to do something because there are girls literally around the world and playing this game and they're starting pro like in their teenage years. Mm -hmm. So like, there's always someone working, but then at the same time, you have to be smart about that. And you can never compare because everyone's journey is so different Mm -hmm. and what will be yours will come to pass. Like you just have to trust and believe that, you know, whatever path God has for you, it's for you specifically. Mm -hmm. Like don't, there's no time to look to the left and right and be discouraged. Like no water, your grass, focus on yourself. And then along the way, as you're working and you're growing, serve others too. like help others along Mm -hmm. the way. I feel like some people have a hard time understanding like, yes, it's a competition where sports, but that doesn't mean you have to push people down and push it aside. Like, no, we're all in this thing together. Like Mm -hmm. what will be ours will be ours, but you got to work hard and help people and serve people along the way. So give me three tips, three tips that you'll give to to an athlete that are the most important things where it's just like sleep, eating right. Like give me three tips. Working on your okay. weak side layups, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get a drum, get a jump shot like DaVinci, you know, something like that. Yeah, that would be on the do not do pile. 
first I would be like, okay, what do you bring to the game? Like, who are you? What type of player are you? Like, are you a guard? Are you a post? Are you a forward? Like, what do you need to be focused on? What part of the game do you need to be focused on? Because like me, I'm never going to be a point guard. So I don't have to do point guard things. So I'm not going to really spend too much time doing stuff like that. But like, I can play anywhere through two through five, really. So I have to do a good job of understanding what positions am I going to play the most, spending most, like more, then like also adding in guard skills, other stuff. So like understand what type of player you are and encompassing all those things that you have to do in the game. So for me right now, I shoot a lot of three, so I have to get a lot of reps up. But then also I find myself playing in the post. So I have to also rep playing in the post. And I also have to rep guarding the post and then guarding a guard. Like those are two different sides of the ball. But I have to make sure that I get enough time into that. So understand yourself as a player. Also, I know I said this before, but do not compare, especially with social media. I'm so glad I grew up without what it is now. People are showing their highlight tapes, all this stuff. And I'm like, honey... You are going to end up where you need to end up. Focus on yourself. Do not compare and understand and trust that whatever part of the process you're in, God has you there for a reason. And then the third thing is to take care of your body. My goodness, I wish I would have stretched a little bit more when I was a kid. I drank a little bit more water. Understand that your body needs rest. You need as much recovery then like when you're putting to work, I thought you could just go, 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 go until I hit a wall. I'm like, I'm burnt out, but I'm like, your body needs rest. It's okay to take an off day. Like when people say they're grinding or 24 seven, I'm like, honey, that's not healthy. Like get your rest in your body will love you for it. And like, give you, give yourself the love and the care that your body deserves. If you're going to be trained that hard. But you're a little different though. You eat really healthy. Like you are very Okay. Yeah, and you don't go out. You're not out here, any, okay. you know. You're not. Well, <laughs> yeah. So, personally, I just enjoy different things, I guess, than my generation likes to do. Um, and I, okay, yes, I eat healthy, but I'm constantly playing, like year round. I go from the WBA, I have five, ten days. I'm going overseas, playing a full season. Like I don't get breaks, so I don't really think it's smart for myself to not really focus on my diet when that is so important. If I'm going to be playing year round now, that doesn't mean I don't eat like a little Chick-fil-A every now and then. Like I give myself, you know, time, but, and then I also, I enjoy the way that I eat. So it's not really like a sacrifice right. to me. Right. So. See, she's human. Like the rest of us, right. she's Chick-fil-A. Right. Chick-fil-A every, rest of us. every, probably every three months. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh my gosh. No. How much sleep do you get at night? I'm very, look, when I'm hungry and when I'm tired, I am a different person. So I always try to make sure no matter what, I get eight hours of sleep. But honestly, this year, thank the Lord, answer prayers. Um, we've been in a position where we were down three of our stars this year. So I found myself in not even like playing a lot, but a starting role. So I found myself playing from barely getting the clock, maybe five, 10 minutes to like almost 30 a game. And I'm sorry. In the WBA, it is hard. Like every mistake you pay for. So I am tired. So sometimes I might be getting 10 like this summer, but that's not really normal for me. I usually get eight. So okay. yeah, that's normal. I can't wait to come up there and see when you guys play the, play the links. Yeah. So we, we actually played them yesterday here, but then our last game against them is back in Minneapolis on September 12th. So we owe them. Nice. Yeah. 
We'll be there. Yeah. We'll be we'll there. Get to venture at the face paint and everything. Don't worry. Oh exactly. my gosh. <laughs> Sound like don't get kicked out. Like whose cousin is that? Did you like, Nia? Oh Did my you? gosh! Look, no, it'll be good, Nia. This has been so great. I think this is probably gonna be part one of a few that we have conversations with you. I mean, um, just hearing your your story and your experience, you know, it was great. I got to sit back and just kind of listen and learn, just like the people out there. And I just think you have so much to offer, and and such a, a generous person with your time and your story that I think there's a lot. There's a couple other things that I pulled out of this. That I'm like, hey, Deventure, we're gonna have to go revisit this. Like, yeah. there's there's yeah. more to it. But again. Everyone out there, uh, go check me out on social media. Go follow, uh, you know, depending on what market you're in, check out the WNBA schedule, see where she's at, and the LA team running around the country uh, dropping buckets. But, uh, look, we're going to have to wrap this one due to time only. Otherwise, Nia, we could probably go on for another couple hours. It's <laughs> yeah. been great. No, I really appreciate you guys having me. And I understand now the importance of just sharing your story, your testimony, and, you know, encouraging, helping other people because you never know. You really never know. So thank you. And I'm all for having more sessions. So look forward to it. Great. Thank you. Nice. Thank you, Nia. All right. Well, hey, listeners, as always, uh, rate it and review it in the in the stores and the podcast apps. Always appreciate that. But go follow like Nia on social media. Show her some loves that you appreciate this episode. Uh, but that's going to wrap us up. More athlete stories, more industry news to come. Make sure you subscribe to the Humble and Hungry podcast with DaVentry Jordan. Until next time.